Well, welcome to another National Youth Ministries podcast episode. We're so glad to have you with us today and spending time tuning in. We know that you are going to be blessed by this interview where Reverend Bill Morris, our Home Missions Director for the UPCA, as well as our Youth President, talk about stepping in to the will of God for our lives. And all of this was made possible through your Sheaths for Christ offering. So let's dive into today's episode. Well, we want to thank every listener, any young person, every apostolic connected to the National Youth Ministries Facebook page and indeed the Australian Home Missions Facebook page. I'm delighted to be here with our uh, Australian Home Missions Director, uh, Reverend Bill Morris, also Senior Pastor of uh, Faith Point in Shell Harbour. And we're here today to discuss some important issues regarding uh, the development of young people assuming the call of God in their life and indeed uh, fulfilling uh, the path that God has set before them. So without further ado, I want to welcome our Australian Home Missions Director, Brother Morris. Great to be here with you. Thanks, Brother Wilmot. It's a pleasure to be here. Good having a general chat with you just before this started too. Yeah, absolutely. Well, you know, um, the reason Brother Morris is, is really perfect for this forum is not just because he's the Australian Home Missions Director, uh, but he's somebody for, for the younger people out there that don't know uh, that wasn't raised in the house of God. Uh, he, was, he was saved into the church and God uh, had, a, had his hand upon him and his wife and he walked in the path God had set before them. And you see him now as an executive board member and somebody that's an elder in our organization. But for those out there, I wanted uh, Brother Morris maybe to take us uh, through that journey a little bit and maybe just explore sort of your transition out of the world um, and into mm. the house of God, if that's okay. Amen. Yeah. Well, it wasn't planned. Uh, not by <laughs> me anyway, but it might have been planned by the Lord. But um, to be in this, um, some people might think elevated position of home missions director came as a surprise to me. Even to be a pastor is a surprise to me. Um, yeah. I'm, I'm really just a, an ordinary person from a little town uh, who is rather surprised, sort of rather surprised to be a director in a national organisation such as we have, and it's a, a great organisation. And and you're right, um, I I didn't come to faith as a child. My parents are both maybe agnostic or atheist, but um, I came to a point in my life, I was 26 years old, and that's... Mm. 40 years ago now, a long time ago, and I, I was just lost and lonely and a mess and I, I didn't know what to do. And I, I thought maybe I should go to church or something and get my life right. But I thought, which church is the right one? I, I worked with a guy who was a Christian and I didn't think much of him. He was a bit of a, a nerd and I didn't want to be a nerd. Maybe I am already. I don't know. But um, uh, I, I had cried out to the Lord one day and, uh, and a, a pastor knocked on my door <laughs> and, and, uh, and through that, uh, call on my door unexpected I came to a place of repentance mm -hmm. and then some years later uh, I came to a knowledge of the uh, the truths that we now understand and I was baptized in Jesus name uh, so I was 26 when I repented 30 when I received baptism in Jesus name and 32 which is half a lifetime ago uh, when I received the baptism of the Holy Spirit so it was a, it was a fairly long journey and it's still ongoing Absolutely. And well, thank you for sharing that. And I think as well for, you know, for the young people that they're listening to this interview, you know, it's important to understand that the elders that we see, the executive board members and their wives, uh, we, we sort of see them in that place of leadership, in that place of seniority, but they've also got a testimony. And it's always mm -hmm. good to have a discussion with these elders to 
um, you know, find common ground because at the end yeah. of the day, that they have walked uh, in the shoes that we're walking in now as young people. And so, Brother Morris, thank you for sharing that. And sure. obviously, you know, the purpose for this conversation today is to try and have some young people maybe thinking a little bit about that transition from being saved yeah. and into the call into the calling that God has for them. And so, if it's okay love for you to explore and just sort of share that transition in your ministry and your wife's sure. ministry and how you went from, you know, being in the house of God to feeling a call of God in your life. Yeah. Well, if you're single, that, that's good. If you're married, that's good too. Uh, but my wife had a, a great impact on where I am today, a great mm. impact. If it wasn't for her uh, sort of pushing me from behind, I, I would not have made the steps that I've made. And and she, she actually prophesied a few things long before I was in the ministry. Mm. Um, when I came to the Lord, I had no desire to be a minister at all, not in the least. It was one of the furthest things from my mind. I didn't have a goal to be come to some sort of lofty height in the church, yeah. not a chance. But um, my pastor, my first pastor, who was not UPC, the first thing he did, got me doing within a week or two was driving the church bus to pick up kids for Sunday school. So it just began with being faithful. And uh, eventually I was, uh, I guess, my call promoted to, uh, working with the children and then eventually I was promoted to working with the youth promoted mm. to um, being a worship leader and um, uh, then a home group leader and then um, I think the next one was um, probably becoming a, a local licensed minister and then eventually I became a pastor and eventually the ministers elected me to the board so that that's it's not not a path I, I chose as such but it's just the one that, that God had prepared for, for me with a lot of help from my wife, as I say. Absolutely. You know, you, you mentioned something there, Brother Morris, which I think is a really important lesson for people who aspire to ministry, which is when you look around and you see the people that God has greatly elevated and anointed, usually they didn't have an ambition to be there in that place. Mm -hmm. um, it, it's amazing that the people I've spoken to that said that, it was only when they let go of those sort of yep. lofty goals and ambitions that God truly started to open up doors for them. And sure. I think that's an important lesson for a lot of our young people. Yeah. You know, just, just serve, you know, love on people, yep. serve and, and let God open the doors. And when he opens the doors, no man can shut them. Would you that's agree correct. with that? Absolutely. And um, when you're talking, it reminded me of uh, one of the projects I, I, that came to my mind as home missions director. I, I dreamed up the idea of the Elisha project and Elisha, yes. uh, the, the idea behind that is that young people would go out with a senior minister, not, not people yeah. who are already in the ministry, just young people that go along and carry the bags maybe of, mm. of someone and just mm. watch what happens when you're in the field. And I got that concept from, there was a, Elisha, I should say not Elijah, Elisha, the Elisha project. Uh, I got, Elisha was plowing the field, Elijah comes along and says, hey, hey buddy, come with me. And there was yeah. no, there's no, he had no concept of where he was going, but he went. And I think that's what we have to keep in mind, that uh, God calls people who are not necessarily ambitious, but they're working, they're doing something. And that's yeah. what I've always done. I've always been busy. I've never been afraid to do any job, mowing, cleaning, cleaning the toilets. And I love driving the church bus. So, yeah, that's absolutely that's really, really, really powerful. And I suppose two things that come to mind, Brother Morris, when, when you mentioned that is, you know, in my own personal experience and walk with God, some of the greatest ministry lessons I've ever observed were traveling with my pastor. Uh, he was the you know, main speaker for a conference in the Philippines or whatever it may be. And uh, yeah, I had a few opportunities to share for a few minutes, but primarily I was there just to be in his presence and to watch him minister, to yeah. see how he went about, you know, pr preparation and, 
And that is the richest learning environment that a young person um, can have, I think. Um, a really powerful way to see how those that are further down the road than them go about preparing for ministry. And mm. maybe at the end of this conversation, Brother Morris, you can you can plug that program again mm -hmm. uh, to remind uh, the, sure. uh, the, the National Church of, of what it's all about. Um, and, uh, and, and so moving on from there, I suppose one of the questions a lot of young people have um, when they're thinking about what God wants for their future is what's it going to cost me? Uh, you know, we have a lot, we, we have a lot of young people, um, whether it be their academic pursuits, their secular roles, or even legitimate um, responsibilities like, you know, a family life, a stable family mm -hmm. life and, and all of those sorts of things that they, they feel a call of God. Um, but maybe they're held back by fears mm. of losing mm. what they've got. Sure. Um, so I was wondering whether you might be able to speak to your experiences in that mm. area and maybe yeah. give some advice to some young people that wrestle with that. Yeah, I, I think rather than asking the question, what's it going to cost me to serve the Lord? Mm. I think you need to ask the question, what's it going to cost me to not Very obey good. the Lord? Yeah, flip it around the other way. And, and uh, whatever I've given up for Jesus is... God has replaced it with much, much more. I, mm. I, I'm, I'm reasonably comfortably off financially and I, yeah. I own a home today, but I didn't own those things when I came to the Lord. The Lord made a way for me to do those things. And you don't, you don't have to own a house um, because riches can be a snare. Um, but I, what, when, when I, I actually worked for the Australian government for 32 and a half years, which is probably longer than it's probably about your age somewhere. Yeah. Um, and uh, it was very difficult for me to let go of that, but the Lord stirred up, well, I say it's the Lord, I give him the credit, uh, stirred up some trouble for me at work and um, came down to the wire. They were offering slightly older people, uh, including me, uh, voluntary redundancy. And there was no way I was going to let go of my job. But because it became uncomfortable, I got to the point where I thought, I just want to get out of here. So I'd take that voluntary redundancy and leave. And what it led to was me coming to pastor this church here in Faith Point. I, I wouldn't have done that had it not been uncomfortable. So, but the Lord's that's just opened up so many doors for me in letting go of what I felt comfortable with and what yeah. my security. Yeah. Uh, Thirty-two and a half years is a long time to work for the one employer, and it's very difficult to let go. But I did that, and God made way for me. Absolutely, I think there's a lot of wisdom in what you've said there, Brother Morris. You know. Um, the point you made about, you know, um, how you flipped it at the start there, you know, and said, you know, what is what is lost if you don't respond to the call of God? I think that's really, really powerful. And and I think there's something to be said for being wise as well. You know, you can walk in the will of God um, and and still not throw your not throw your livelihood away, not throw your family to the wall. You know, you, you can you can have the balance of those two things. And I think maybe that's where we need to help our younger people understand this is it's not either the ministry or a roof over your head. Mm. It can be both of those things mm. because God is a blesser, you know. Yeah. And so and I think your testimony there really speaks to that powerfully. So thank you for sharing that. Um, and maybe, and maybe, could you provide some advice, you know, for a young person that's maybe in that, in that place right now where, yeah, they feel a call of God on their life, um, and you know they may have some reservations and some fears. What are some next steps for them to maybe um, go about the right, go about it the right way, explore these things, and maybe you know eventually walk in the in the call that they feel God has for their life. 
Sure. I think one of the first things, obviously, you need to pray at yourself, but is talk to your pastor and let him know what your thoughts are, what where you where ask him where do you see me in five years' mm. time, mm. and you've got to have an idea yourself where you're going, at least a general idea. But mm. if if your pastor might say, well, look, uh, at the moment I'd just like you to stay here and, and work with me, that's that's what you should do, and yeah. um, or you might say this one. I'll give you an example. When I was looking at that volunteer voluntary redundancy VR. Um, I went to uh, my pastor who was Pastor Hall and I said, look, uh, Pastor, I've, I've got this opportunity for a voluntary redundancy. Um, it's my decision, I know, but what advice do you have for me? And he said, I have a job for you. <laughs> so that was as simple as that. I, I'd like you to go and pastor a church. So Praise God. if I hadn't gone to him uh, and I'd worked with him for many years, um, so he knew my, where I was at spiritually, but if I hadn't gone to him and asked him the question, I, I wouldn't have had the opportunity to come to Faith Point mm. here. But I had gone in the past to uh, many years ago at a conference. Um, the Brother Hall was the Home Missions Director in those days, and he made a call to go into the field. And I knew that, that Brother and Sister Glass, Ike and Jan Glass, were going to Armadale. So I put up my hand, I went to Brother Hall, and uh, as the Home Missions Director, he wasn't my pastor then, Brother Downs was my mm. pastor. Bishop mm. John Downs and uh, I said I'd like to go and help the glasses and he said well you better talk to your pastor so I went to my pastor John Bishop John Downs now and he said you're not ready and I'm like what of course I'm ready <laughs> and, and uh, he said no no you need to stay in church a little while longer and, mm. and I did that I didn't think it was right at the time but in hindsight I don't think the glasses were in Armadale for very long and they moved on I think to Perth so who knows what would have happened? And um, I don't know what if I hadn't obeyed uh, them to have the rule over me, just listen to their voice. Yeah, amen. So I think you've just touched on something there that, that maybe, you know, aspiring leaders, if they've not had that experience yet, they may into the future. Um, I, I want to delve a little deeper into that Bishop Down saying, no, you're not ready. Mm. Um, in hindsight, you know, um, do you see the wisdom in what he said? And, and how do you think your ministry may have been different if, if you went ahead and did that at that time in your life? Yeah, oh, absolutely. I wasn't ready. Absolutely. I, I was, um, even though I was probably about late 30s at the time, I, I yeah. still was somewhat, uh, when we come to the Lord, sometimes we carry baggage with us. And yeah. I was a late starter. I, as I said, I was in my mid-20s when I repented, but I was 32 before I received the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And uh, I just had a lot of baggage I was carrying. And that baggage needed to be dealt with. And I was probably over 40 before that happened. So that sounds like really old for some of you young people, but it's not really old in the scheme of things, in the scheme of eternity. And so I was um, 49 before I was locally licensed. I was 51 before I began to pastor. I was about 55 when I got on the board. So I'm a late bloomer. But uh, <laughs> uh, so uh, if I hadn't obeyed my pastor, I hadn't listened to it. And obey like is a word that people are uncomfortable with. Mm. But if I hadn't listened to him and did what he asked me to do, I probably would have been shipwrecked because I have seen other people yes. who haven't listened to their pastor. And I, there's not yep. one of them, not one person I've ever come across who went to their pastor and said, I'd like to do this. And the pastor said, not yet. But they went ahead and did it. There's not one person that's ever been uh, around for very long. They've backslidden. So that's right. I probably would be also. I was going to make that exact point, uh, Brother Morris, which is, you know, obviously I've been in the in the truth for 
less period of time than yourself. Uh, but in that time, I have seen a couple of examples of people that have not received the advice and instruction of their pastor um, yeah. who, were, who were told to wait, um, went ahead and, you know, things unraveled. And so that's a really yeah. important word for some yeah. young people there. You yeah. know, <clears throat> you know, your pastor sees things um, from a different perspective. Yeah. You know, my five-year-old daughters don't understand why I can't buy them every exactly. chocolate in the supermarket. Exactly. But as a parent, I can see the reasons why. And the same is yeah. true of our, of our spiritual leadership. They can see things and recognize the things in us that we probably can't even see in ourselves. So yeah. we need to heed to what they say and, and respect what they say because if they are truly men and women of God, when mm. we are ready, they will let us know and we can be released. Yeah, and, and that example of your, your girls is very important because it's not about control. You're not controlling your girls. You're caring yeah. for them. That's, That's what right. it's about. It's not about control. It's about care. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Really, really powerful point there. And I want, I want to thank you for, for sharing that with us. Um, and so, you know, I suppose, you know, in your role as Australian Home Missions Director, uh, there's lots happening. Um, you know, I wanted to maybe give you an opportunity to sort of share the vision of, of the Australian Home Missions Department. Uh, but also how young people maybe can start to pray and, and seek God as to how they can get involved. Um, yeah, share a little bit about the goals and, you know, how we can sort of partner with, you know, young people here in Australia um, as well with the Australian Home Missions uh, uh, Department to see the kingdom of God move forward into the future. Mm. Well, without reading the bylaws about the goals, I guess you could summarise <laughs> them in, in saying that our goal is for people to go out and begin new works and, um evangelize in particularly in communities where there is no yeah. voice of truth and yep. I, I do see that happening um some 20 years ago or so or probably longer mm. were the target cities and that, that that those goals are never really fulfilled but what sort of ha happened is a natural transition not so much anything to do with me is that churches began to plant daughter works uh, close by so in the old days it was like send someone out as far as you can and uh, hope they 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 uh, survive sink, yeah. and it didn't work too well. But with the daughter work being much closer, yes. you can you can uh, have people moving, travelling back and forward easily. So yeah. I would say that the goal is continue uh, churches continue to plant daughter works and preaching points yeah. as they yeah. have been doing. But that that's that's um, not something that home missions can do directly. It's up to the pastors to do that. To help the pastors do that, we have um, a number of different programs. If I can just read them out, there's Go the Invigorate it. program. The Invigorate has got a GO in the middle, in big letters, Invigorate. And so what we've done with that is we've agreed to uh, reimburse uh, people who go out in the field 50% of their accommodation and travel costs, hmm. a little bit like a, a, AYM, a little bit. Um, and uh, so, for instance, there was a team just went to Nullamboy just recently and uh, ministered in Nullamboy. Um, so that's the Invigorate program. There's the Ignite program. The Ignite program is really aimed at pastors. Invigorate's aimed at, at members of churches. And Ignite is uh, aimed at pastors to help establish daughter works. So we'll pay for things like rental accommodation for a, a church building and so forth, or hall or whatever. There's the uh, Elisha project, which is designed to send out young people, again, just paying for half the fares and accommodation, they go travel with a senior minister, as we've we've talked about before. There's the Caleb project. It's, I want to get all the people out out of their rocking chairs as well and send them out in the field. Very similar to the Elisha project. There's the AIM project. There's the um, assistance in mission, and we only had one in the last couple of years. Sister Charlotte Nightingale 
went to Alice Springs and we paid for certain of her costs mm. uh, in establishing herself there. And the idea is that that person would go and maybe find work or whatever and support themselves, but we would assist yeah. on the way. Yeah. And there's the evangelist training, which um, uh, Brother Jacob Caltibiano is now organising on my behalf. Uh, we're going to have some people like uh, Chris Green come and online and minister and train up people in evangelism as well as others as well, whose names escape me at the moment. That'll be wonderful. So, um, yeah, I think that's, that's probably all I could say about that's, vision. That's, there's, there's so much there, Brother Morrison, you know, for young people that will listen to this uh, interview and we're going to be posting this on our National Youth Ministries uh, pages and all of our platforms. Please take heed to what he said. There's a lot there for you to take advantage of. And as always, please contact, you know, your pastor. Absolutely. To establish, establish your appropriateness for each of those. But there That's is great. a lot there that the Australian Home Missions Department has prayed about, has organized and put into motion that is there for your development, uh, for you to uh, explore and walk in the call of God uh, for your life. And, you know, 2020 has been a difficult year for programs, as you know, mm. Brother Morris, uh, this, the AYM yeah. program was, was cancelled, unfortunately. 30, due 30. Lack, yeah, due to lack of flights. Now, but 2021, we're believing God for a year where these programs can be reestablished and, and be successful. And so we're going to be praying that they're all healthy, they're all well supported. And for every young person, please do take advantage um, of whatever program you believe is going to be of benefit to your ministry and uh, your pastor is supportive of. Yeah, Brother Morris, did you have another point you wanted to make? Uh, yeah, I, you, you've, you've said it that um, people need to talk to their pastor first up and not just go off um, on their mm. own track. But I, I just, as I was preparing for this, I, I thought of this, this saying came to my mind, yeah. comfort, comfort and convenience are the enemies of commitment and consecration. Mm. So, uh, I'll say that again, comfort and convenience are the enemies of commitment and consecration. Powerful. And, and I, was, I was thinking too, a lot of people think of ministry as standing behind the pulpit but mm. uh, or, you know, with a microphone singing or whatever. That, that's not the only way to minister. Mm. Um, if you remember, Jesus washed the, the disciples' feet. So um, ministry is uh, not just about the pulpit or the platform. It's in mowing the church lawn cleaning the toilets, stacking the chairs, visiting the sick and elderly yeah. and the lost and the lonely and, and the, the just plain unlovable one. Yeah. If, I, if I may just describe uh, what I saw as perhaps the beginning of my wife uh, and, and my ministry, uh, we were at conference and we, had, uh, we went and picked up three people to take them to conference. It was in Canberra. We lived in Canberra at the time. And I looked down the row uh, past my wife and there was a, an elderly lady who didn't speak very good English and nobody really wanted to talk to her because she was difficult to understand. There was a, a lady who was um, both uh, an epileptic and an alcoholic. And there was a young guy who had brain damage and was intellectually disabled. And I looked down the, the, the row and I thought, man, we've got a ministry of lame ducks. But I, I say that carefully because both my wife and I consider us to have been lame ducks also. I'm yeah. not just picking on them. And so it's not just about being on the pulpit is about ministering to people first. If you minister to those, the needy person and the needs in the church, that's where to begin. Absolutely. Don't, don't, aim, for, don't aim for the pulpit, aim for yeah. the toilet the toilet brush and clean the toilets and then God will see and he will respond to your uh, yeah. actions, your faith. Absolutely. I, I couldn't agree more. And, you know, um, in the economy of God, 
you know, having a microphone in your hand is of no more significance than, you know, the other acts of service that you've mentioned. And I think yeah. that's a really important message for um, young people because, you know, obviously in church service, we find ourselves looking at the stage and then we, say yeah. we, we naturally elevate the officers that operate on a stage, but the stage can kill you if you're not spiritually um, mature enough to handle it. You know, I've often said that for my children, it's my prayer that if they do have talent and ability that they never have a microphone in their hand until they first know who Jesus is. Absolutely. And I, th and, and I think that's really critical for our survival yeah. spiritually. You know? And it's not not to take away from that pulpit ministry. I mean, that's absolutely no. essential. But it, it's it's not what everybody can't stand in the pulpit. But that's everybody right. can help someone. Everybody can 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 do something around the church. Yeah, that's absolutely true. And that these are important principles. And these are the reasons that you know we we. Uh, Brother Morris is the absolute ideal person to speak to about these topics because he's speaking to generations a step down and two steps younger than he is. And he's walked down that path before uh, along with many other elders in our organization. And he's seen some things. Mm -hmm. And I think young people, please heed to the advice that he's given. And um, you too may be sitting here one day um, speaking to subsequent generations in a few mm -hmm. decades time. And so uh, Brother Morris, on behalf of the National Youth Ministries, um, you know, we're going to be putting this on our platforms. We want to thank you so much for the time that you've given um, in sharing your experiences, your transition into ministry and, and pearls of advice for young people. Mm -hmm. um, I, I believe that the, the partnership between National Youth Ministries and Australian Home Missions is critical because we have aligning yeah. goals, which is yeah. to see the work of God in Australia move forward and to see young people walk in the call of God for their life and they work hand in hand. And so uh, on behalf of, of this department, I want to thank you for your time. Well, thanks, Brother Walmart, and thanks to uh, the National Youth Department as well. Appreciate your time. And I hope that this has been of help, some help for somebody. And uh, one thing I don't want is to be like 90 years old and still doing this. I want something <laughs> younger to step in behind us. Uh, but don't forget, you've got more hair than me, okay? So let's be careful with uh, pigeonholing people's <laughs> ages. <laughs> but um, Brother Morris, um, you know, I'm believing 2021 is going to be a great year for, you know, the, not just the AYM program and the programs that we have, but the ones that you've outlined as well. We're praying for um, airlines to be opened up. We're praying Amen. for pastors to be uh, keen and, 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 and desiring to take advantage of these programs. And we're praying for young people to also make themselves available. So in closing, I wonder if you might lead us through a, a word of prayer. I'd love for you to pray over the younger people um, and pray for them to, I suppose, take it, take the advice and, and the words that you've you've given them seriously and just seeing them walk in the call of God now and into mm. the future, if that's okay. Mm. Sure. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, we thank you, Lord, that you've called us out of darkness, that you've brought us into your marvellous light, that you've set our feet upon a rock. And, Lord, I'm thankful and grateful, Lord, that you took my my mind, which is so confused, Lord, and you've given yes, me a Jesus. purpose, Lord, and a plan in yes. my life, Lord. And I, I pray for every young person listening to this broadcast that they would uh, seek after you with all their heart, soul, mind and strength, that you would uh, hear their cry, that you would give them direction for their lives, Lord, in this, this crazy world that we live in, Lord, that mm. we do need direction, Lord. So I pray, Lord, that you'll just touch every heart, Lord, of every yes. person listening, Lord, that you'll comfort them through the hurts, Lord, the things that have happened in their life, Lord, the the, uh, the bad things that have happened, Lord, we just lay them at your feet, Lord, and we ask that you bring some good out of these awful situations that some of us have been in in our lives, Lord, mm. and that, that you'll just give a hope and a purpose to every young person and direction, Lord. 
and we give you the praise and the honour and the glory. Lord, we want to see your church advance in this great nation of Australia, Lord. And we mm. pray that you just touch our young people, Lord, and, and draw them to you, Lord, and, and mm. that, that they would walk with you in spirit and in truth, in relationship with you, not just following a form of godliness, but actually knowing you and walking mm. with you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 And God bless all you viewers and thank you for joining. And um, uh, we believe in God's got a powerful future for your life. Amen. 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 Well, thank you for tuning in to this episode. If you want to watch the video version, please visit and like our Facebook page at National Youth Ministries. We pray that this was a blessing for you. If you really enjoyed it, please share it with your friends. And we look forward to our next one. Have a great day. God bless.